0: in jesus name good morning welcome to lake community church's morning bible study we are in genesis chapter 37 we're dealing with joseph and we're starting with verse 12. what what we're studying today is the beginning of really joseph's public life it's the start to who he is and what happens with his life now most people when they would look at this would look at this and say to themselves, this is just a very terrible story, and you try to figure out if it's a horror film or watching one of these suspense thrillers that are on TV, you you see what's coming down the road, or you know what's coming down the road, and you're trying to figure out every way for Joseph to get out of this trouble that he's about to be in because, just spoiler alert, he is going to be sold into slavery by his brothers. And so as You're going into this, you're sitting there thinking you've got the background music done, and the deep tones are being played behind him very slowly and increasing in intensity. And as you're reading the story, you're wanting to you're wanting to figure out how he could have gotten out of, of his brother selling him into slavery and how that could have changed in some way or something could have been done differently so that the story doesn't take this terrible turn. And uh, let me tell you something. That is very common when you're reading scripture that you're trying to figure out how things are not to be. But here's the case. Here's the way we ought to actually look at this. This is God placing Joseph in the position that he desires for him to be in by his sovereign will. And even though to us it would seem less desirable than some other way, to God it is his perfect plan for Joseph. And you go, can we know that for sure that this is God's perfect plan? Let's just look at it for a second. Let's consider it for a moment and then see if the story gives us the hallmarks of God's will and God's plan at work in somebody's life. And what do you mean by the hallmarks, Chad? As you study scripture, as you look through the Bible, as you as you begin to ponder from Genesis all the way to the book of the Revelation, you can see some hallmarks, some things that, bookmarks, I guess is the way you describe them, things that are on the storyline that kind of give you an indication that God's at work in this story, that God has a purpose for this story. And oftentimes, there are words that are said or Oftentimes, there are situations that develop that are clearly God directing or having his way or having his hand in the midst of what's going on. Let's look at the story and see them because I want you to begin to see those things happening in your life because many of the things that we'll point out here, oftentimes God does for you. And if you'll look around and see those, you begin to understand oh, this is God speaking to me because He's speaking to you in the moment you're in, but He's also speaking to you from His Word, which may be three, 4,000 years old. And it's still God's voice today, and that's amazing, and it's powerful, and it ought to be something that you put in your knapsack, put in your bag of understandings, so that when you're walking the ways of life, you'll see God in the midst of your life also. And obviously, God was in Joseph's life. He says, then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. Notice his brothers go off, and these are the brothers who hate him. These are the brothers who despise him. These are the brothers who call him the dreamer. These are the brothers who often, many of them, quite apparently, from Scripture, from the story we're told, do not do the right thing. We know two of them for sure didn't, but we also know that, the, that some of the others did things while they were out of the sight of their father that were not right, and uh, Joseph called them on it, and Joseph called them on it in front of his father, and so they are going off to feed the father's flock in Shechem. Now, they're supposedly going off to do God's, and that would be the picture that we'd see here because they're going to feed, which would be the will of God to feed. They're going to do it with the father's flock, which is it's just a metaphor for, for God, for your father's possessions, they're taking over those possessions, and he's going off. They have a personal relationship with him. They are his children, and they are taking what is his blessings, his goodness, and they're going off and feeding them. And it says, Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flocks in Shechem? What he's saying is this reality. And I want you to notice, sometimes when you're walking through life, God will show you something and say, I'm really in the midst of this. Hey, listen, look right here. And he does that. He does that on a regular basis. He'll come and say, he'll say, this is an important situation. Listen to what's going on here. Or this is an important moment. Watch what happens in front of you. And when that is going on in your life, when those things are happening in your life, and you can clearly hear the Holy Spirit's voice deep inside of you, directing you, to open your eyes, directing you to a step in a certain direction. When that happens, you need to listen. So he says, Are not your brothers feeding the flocks in Shechem? What God's saying is, in this reality, here's the reality of what's happening. And Joseph said, and then and then he says, Come, I will send you to them. Now notice that is regularly a call of God. He says, Come and go. I'm going to send you. In fact, that is what apostle means. The word apostle is the sent ones. It's the ones who are sent. And, and disciples are followers. Apostles are sinners. Or not that, it can't be right. The apostles are the ones who are sent. And they're the ones who are the sent ones, the ones who are sent out to do God's will. And what is Joseph supposed to be doing? He says, I'm going to send you to them. Why? Because the Father has trust in him. He's placed great value in Joseph. And so what did Joseph say? Joseph said to him, here I am. What he means is I'm available for you. All these pictures right here, God saying, here's the situation. God saying, I'm prepared to send you. And by the way, that's what we were made for. Made to be sent out into the world by God to do his work and to do his will, to be his light and to be a source of grace and hope for the world we're in. And that's a clear picture and a clear indication of that. And he said to him, Joseph has a heart for that. He says, here I am, I'm here to do your will, Father. If you can just look a little deeper, if you can just scratch beneath the surface, clear hallmarks of God's will in this plan. And what's ha- what what's happening in Joseph's life here is quite clearly God's plan. Now, listen, God didn't promise you that it was gonna be easy. And God didn't promise you that everything was going to work out according to your will and your plan. God didn't counsel with you to come up with how he wanted to make your life and how he wanted to direct your life. He did, though, he did, though, consider all that you are and all that he made you to be and all that you love and all that would make you whole and complete. In calculating his plan for you and even though it's not an easy plan even though the path of life leads through the valley of the shadow of death that's what David said yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death he says I'll fear no evil what he's said because you are with me now God's path for you and God's plan for you is not gonna always be easy but you have to be available for it and that's one thing that Joseph was Joseph was available for the plan. So many believers miss out on God's plan, not because they don't hear God's plan, not because they don't have the power to operate in God's plan, not because they're unequipped for God's plan, it's because they're not available. One of the things they say in the National Football League is the greatest ability a person can have is availability. What does that mean? When game time comes, it doesn't, remember, it doesn't matter how good you are, doesn't matter how fast you are, doesn't matter how big you are, doesn't matter how strong you are. If you cannot be available for the game, you're no good to the team. And so many times in life, people are unavailable. They spend their life totally and completely unavailable from God. They're missing. They're missing from what God's doing. They're missing from what God's operating in. They're not with the body. They're not a part of the plan. They're not placing themselves in a position so God can use them. They're not, here am I, send me. They are, where is he? Who's seen him last? That's the way many believers are in life. And then they miss out on God's plan. They just do. And I would just say to you, don't be that. Don't be that. Be the one who says, here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I ready to hear your voice. Here am I ready to be used by you. And Joseph was that. And then he said to him, please go and see if it is well with your brothers. Notice, he's being sent to to surmise the goodwill or surmise the well-being of his brothers. And he says, and make sure it's well with the flocks. And bring back word to me. Notice there's truth. He's wanting to, he's wanting to hear the truth back. He's wanting to know. And by the way, Joseph's already proven that he's one that will tell the truth, tell what's actually happening. Give him a true report of things. He's proven himself in the past, and his father is sending him again. Notice. Many people say, I don't know why God didn't give me that opportunity. The reason he didn't give you that opportunity is, first first of all, you never put yourself in a position for him to send you. Second of all, you've never proven yourself faithful enough to actually come back and go and come back and do God's will in the midst of being. And that's just the truth. And uh, and if that hurts your feelings because that's you, that might be the Holy Spirit trying to change you. And why don't you let him do it this morning? Why don't you let him do it today? If you're hearing this ten years from now, you it's still God's voice, it's still God's word. Why don't you let him do it for your life today? He says, please go and see see to see if there see with your brothers and see if it's well with the flocks and bring back word to me. So we sent him out of the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. And notice, he's on his journey. This is a journey of life. It's going to be a long journey because he is never, ever coming back to where he is. And by the way, that, that needs to be spelled out just for a second. The world we live in, we always try to keep things exactly the same. We love to keep things just like they were. Have you ever noticed nothing's ever the same? Have you ever noticed that? Nothing's ever the same. If you're my age, and I'm approaching my 50th birthday, if you're my age, you realize more and more that the things that you try to hold together never ever hold together. They're always changing. My children, I thought they would live in my house forever, and they don't now. My children, I thought they would never grow up, and they have now. my, My life, I thought it was going to be in this place, and I would be doing that or this or the other, and I'm not doing any of that. And many of the things that I built up and caused to happen in the past, are no longer around anymore. The car I bought that I thought was just the most wonderful thing in the world I wrecked a year later and I no longer have that car. The things that uh, I thought would be aren't and the things that I couldn't even imagine were possible are and that's the way life is and so many times we try to hold on to the past and never ever live in the present and never ever reach out, and take hold of the great future that God has for us. And the reason is because we're trying to hold on to that which is illusory, which goes away, which fades. And let me tell you, history fades all the time. History fades all the time in this world. And if you spend your life trying to hold on to the past, you'll miss out on God in the present and the future. There's nothing wrong with traditions. I love them. But traditions point to the movement of God in the past and encourage us to move forward and find God in the future. There's nothing wrong with doing things the old way if they were the right way. In fact, that's the way it always should be, do- be done. But the doing things the old way and because the right way will lead you to new blessings and new plans and new workings of God in your life, things you've never seen. Miracles you've never understood, life you've never, ever had before. And you should be chasing after that, using the old stable things that we know to be God's truth and God's word to experience the fullness of God in the days ahead. And that's the way life is, and that's the way we should always be doing things. He says, so he sent him out to the valley of Hebron and went to Shechem. He goes where he thinks his brothers are. Now notice, now a certain man found him, and there he was wandering in the field. Notice it's a certain man, but it doesn't give him his name. Notice usually when you have an unnamed servant or unnamed man, someone that is there and someone who provides great help and resource, but doesn't give a name, usually that's a picture of the Holy Spirit. And when we see that happen in stories and it happens over and over again in stories throughout the scriptures, when that person is unnamed and unknown, oftentimes it's the Holy Spirit. And so many times in our lives, the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts and tells us about things. And, uh, and he changes the course of our lives because of the things he's told us about God's plan and God's will for us. And we see that in its fullness. We see that in its greatness in the moment that we're living in. And that's exactly what's happening here. He is directing Joseph to God's will. Now, his brother's going to sell him into slavery not too moments in the future. Not too many days from now, he is going to be going down into Egypt into slavery. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't God's plan or God's will. That doesn't mean that at all. That just means that God had to take him there so that he could exalt him in the moments and then the days and in the years ahead, which he does. And so he can't be second in charge of Egypt and never, ever go to Egypt. It's not possible. You're not going to be named. I spoke about this a long time ago. We worry about things that happen in other places that we're never ever going to be, or God's never ever shown us that he wants us to be there. I can't worry about what's going on in California. Unless I've been named the governor of California, it's not my business. It's not my problem. It's not my, it's not my issue to deal with. I shouldn't be sitting here and ruminating over the problems of California. I need to be life and hope to the world I live in right here. And let me tell you something. I don't plan to go out there and be the governor of California and I doubt they're going to, anybody's going to make me the governor of California. It's not my problem. And so many times we worry about the things that we have no control over and we do not walk in the will that God has clearly given us the opportunity to walk in in the moment we're in right now. And so he said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell, he saw him wandering in the field and a man asked him saying, what are you seeking? What is he seeking? He's seeking to do what his father asked. Are you doing that? Is that who you are today? Are you seeking to do what what your father has asked you to do? Joseph said, he is. Another hallmark of of a story of God moving in someone's life and leading them along a path that he asked for them, that he's made for them. Joseph is hearing God. Joseph is listening to those around him. He's looking and he's seeking out God's will and God's plan. And he's doing exactly what his father asked him to do. He said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, they have departed from here. For I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. And you go, is that how that said? Yes, in Alabama, the city in the southeast corner of the state is called Dothan. And it can be Dothan for many people who are not from around here, or Dothan for people who don't come from Alabama. But from Alabama, Dothan, Alabama is a beautiful city. It's the circle city. It's got a road that is built around the city. It is a neat place to go, and it is called Dothan. Alabama. And that's where they were, except they were in Dothan, Canaan. And he said, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brother and found them in Dothan. He went and found them exactly doing what God had told him to do through his father. And you go, is that how it works? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you wander into God's very best and the experience seems to be a terrible experience but the truth is God was leading you all the time and you actually didn't wander into it his plan and his hand was involved the whole time and so I would say to you this morning that lo- looking for the hallmarks of God's plan and God's will for your life is a great tool for finding God's will and uh, I would say to you when he gives you those insights when he gives you those opportunities when he opens your mind to do and to see and to be and to walk in his very best that you do it and you don't walk in fear and you don't walk in doubt you walk in faith and you walk in hope and i say that for a very important reason i say that because if we walk in fear oftentimes we miss out on god because fear is the opposite of faith and there is no faith in the midst of fear there's only doubt and there's only a dread of the future and you have no reason to dread the future because God has you in the midst of it. He's made a plan for you. He's made provision for you. And by the way, if the provision is for you to go home to be with him, I'm going to tell you, ain't don't get no better than that. So what I'd say to you is while today is today, search, seek, and find God's will for your life because it is imminently available to you. He wants you to know it. Walk in. Yeah.